who's gonna tell him there can be a better day? Who's gonna show him that Jesus is the way? Cause we don't tell that man about Jesus. How will he ever Hello and welcome to the Local Church Missions Podcast. My name is Estevan Montoya and I'll be your host. And the Local Church Missions Podcast is a ministry of the Valley Bible Baptist Church in Española, New Mexico. And the goal of our podcast is to help the local church fulfill the Great Commission locally. And we do that in part by providing gospel tracts. And if you head over to www.greatcommission.church, again that is www.greatcommission.church. Dot church, you'll find our website, and there on our website we have a section where it says order tracks, and you can go there and you can look at all the different gospel tracks that we have. We have some that are three by five gospel tracks, and others that are trifold, and they have a clear gospel message and information for you to place on your church or about your church because this podcast is to help churches fulfill the Great Commission locally, and part of that is getting the gospel to your community. And especially in times like this right now, it is June of 2020 in the midst of the coronavirus um, pandemic, if you want to call it that, really just a quarantine and a shutdown. And uh, people are asking questions. They want to know answers and they are looking to people of faith to give answers. And it would be a great opportunity for you to share your testimony and to be able to share the gospel with those that have questions. And so I hope that these gospel tracks would be a blessing to you. We've printed over 700,000 of them in the last several years. Looking forward to try to get that up to 1 million gospel tracks in America. And so today our topic is going to be that of how to have a powerful impact, how to reach people with the gospel in a way that really sticks, if you would. And what I find here is that Paul the Apostle was one of the greatest missionary evangelists that ever lived. And one of the most profound, really just profound ministries or churches, whatever you want to call it, that Paul had a part of was that of the church of Thessalonica. And when you understand the history of that ministry and you understand what took place Paul wrote a book to them, 1 Thessalonians, and he wrote a second book to them, 2 Thessalonians. And Paul was in this city, the Bible says, for three Sabbaths, pretty much. He wasn't there longer than four weeks, but about three to four weeks. And while he was there for a short amount of time, he was able to start a church and to leave a group of converts and be able to go to another city. Now, the reason Paul was there for such a short time had to do with persecution. The Bible says that the Jews were moved with envy. And as a result of that, the Bible says that they took certain lewd fellows of the baser sort and ran them off out of the city of Thessalonica and to the next town, which would have been Berea. And then the Jews that were from Thessalonica found out that Paul was in Berea and they ran him off into the city of Athens. And all this takes place in the book of Acts chapter number 17. And the Bible says that his manner was this, that he would go into the synagogue 
and preached to them. And the Bible says that in Acts 17, verse 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And so he did this. He went into the city of Thessalonica, and he preached, and they ran him off. Now, that doesn't sound like having a great impact. But the thing that really just is, is an amazing thought is that he was there for three Sabbaths and was run off. Yes, he, he, he made an impact, um, so much so that they were moved with envy and wanted to kill him. And then they ran him off even out of the next city. That That's a great impact there. But the impact I'm talking about is the fact that several years later, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, wrote the books of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians to an established church. And he, he didn't have time to train elders in that church. He didn't have time to send people like he did in other times um, as far as a team. He, he did end up sending Timothy, the Bible says, or Timotheus, to, to work with them. But the fact is this, that in a short amount of time, Paul was able to make a difference in the lives of individuals that got saved that it led to a church being established and he was only there for three weeks and that that really is a profound thought that is a, a an impact that i wish i could have whenever i go out and preach and i go out and witness to people and i go to different places for instance tonight is is today is june um, 9th when I'm recording this. It's a Tuesday and I'll be going out to Truchas and preaching out there and we've been able to be a blessing and an encouragement but but I can't imagine going there for three weeks and preaching and there being a full-blown church established um, or at least the, the a body of saved Christians and someone can go back and establish a church just being able to to plant something like that in such a short amount of time. And so when I consider that thought, I've been reading a book. It's titled Christ-Centered Preaching by Brian Chapel, And the title is Christ-Centered Preaching. And kind of the, the tagline that goes with it is Redeeming the Expository Sermon. I'm all about expository preaching and so forth. And, and in reading this, he teaches about uh, um, the expository preaching. And it says that it, it one of the titles of one of the sections is um, expo Expository Preaching Presents the Work of the Spirit. And so he goes on into a section that deals with the Holy Spirit of God and working in your preaching. And then in that part of the, the work of the Spirit, he kind of segues into a topic dealing with the effectiveness of the personal testimony because... God can work and wants to work, but he wants to work through clean vessels. And he wants to make sure that we have a good testimony. And so in this, he deals with the thought of, you know, um, it says here that um, dealing with the thought of um, you must bring fire to kindle fire. It has to be real to you before it can be real to other and others. And it says faith in the working of God's word and spirit does not mean that you are without responsibility. And then he begins to talk about Paul and his personal resolve to put no stumbling block um, to the gospel in anyone's path. And he deals with the fact that there's three parts to, to preaching. There's the part of the message itself, then there's the part of the, the power of the message, and then there's the part where you are able to uh, show that you are expressing concern for the listeners. 
and he uses the word ethos, and it's the most powerful part of persuasion is what he argues, but he makes a statement here, and, and I like this, and it says that um, the craft of preaching cannot make a message uh, powerful if one's heart and character does not validate its truth. And Paul cites his own life as affecting the reception of the message, thus uh, giving scriptural credence to the notion that ethos or the care concern is a powerful force in the ordinary process of spiritual persuasion. And all that basically means is this, that you could get up and say the right thing, but if you say it the wrong way, it's not going to have an impact. You've heard the statement, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I'm going to read to you from 1 Thessalonians, again, dealing with Paul and just his ability to impact the city of Thessalonica so that a group of people are left behind that are saved and they're able to start a church from that group. But um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 5, it says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us as of the Lord and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. And that's referring to the persecution when he was there for three weeks. But yet with joy, it says, of the Holy Ghost, so that ye, this little group of people that were saved within that three weeks time, ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but also in every place um, your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. So they weren't able, they didn't have to correct them because of that. But they had a powerful testimony of faith in the Lord and, and spreading the word of God. And, and they, they learned from Paul. And what they learned, they were able to be examples to others. And so Paul made a great impact in this church body. And I believe it's all summed up in verse number 5. For it says, For our gospel came not in unto you in word only. Meaning, it didn't just come in word. It came with power and also came with a personal testimony. So if we're going to make an impact and difference in the lives of our hearers, we need to recognize three simple things from this passage. One is, is the preaching of the gospel. It says that it didn't come in word only. So there is a part of their ministry that deals with word, and I believe that's dealing with the preaching of the gospel whenever they would go in and preach the gospel. And that's something that all of our ministries have in common is that we preach the gospel, every single one of us. And we need to make sure that we preach the gospel. Paul um made it clear that um, the gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he came in preaching that to them. That was his message. That was his word. Um, that, that was what he gave to them. It said in, in Acts that they had opened and alleged that Christ must need suffered and died and risen from the dead. So they came in with this gospel message. And we, as we look to establish local churches, as we look to plant churches, we, it's obvious we come in with this message of the gospel. 
I think all of us have that common um, bond in, in missions is we go in preaching the Word of God, and that's what we ought to go in and do. That not only is there the preaching of the Word of God, but then there is the power of God. Because it says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, For our gospel came not in um, unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. That idea of much assurance is that there was a, a heavy conviction that they, they knew this was the word of God. They knew this was the truth of God, but it came in power. It reminds me of the, the book of 1 Corinthians and Paul coming to the church of Corinth. And, and he, he says there that um, um, we preach Christ uh, uh, crucified. And, and it says there, uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 1, um, 23, For we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto the, them uh, which are um, called both Jews and Greeks, uh, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So they came in preaching and uh, it was the gospel and it had the power of God. And he says in chapter two, and I came and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech. You didn't have some fancy speeches or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ him crucified. And then he says there in verse four, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So in another case, another instance, Paul talks about the power of God in his preaching, and it revolves around the preaching of the gospel. But, but there is a part of it where we, we look and we have to seek God for his power that it would um, bring to the people, as it says in, in 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, much assurance that there's a deep conviction that this is the truth of God whenever we preach. And that's something only the Spirit of God can do. Only God's Spirit can 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 convict people of their need. Only God's Spirit can show them the truth and, and so forth. We, we could tell them the truth. We could preach to them the truth. But unless the Spirit of God is not working in their hearts, it's all in the head. And we need God to work in their hearts so much so that there is much assurance. There's a deep conviction. We believe that this is true. We believe it's the Word of God. And it reminds me, as you consider 1 Thessalonians, and you consider they were in Thessalonica, and then they went to Berea, and it says that they were more noble than those of Thessalonica, and that they searched the Scriptures, whether these things be so. Um, they, they wanted to be assured of the truth of the Word of God. Now, a majority of the people in Thessalonica didn't believe it, but those who got saved, they had much assurance. There was a conviction, and that only comes from the power of God. And it only comes from the preaching of the Word of God, where their authority and their uh, the authority of the truth isn't in man, but in God, that their faith would rest in God. And so that's something only God can do. And, and that's the work of God. And so we, we need the, the, the work, the, 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 the preaching of the gospel, but we need the power of God to do these things. We, we need to preach in the power of God. And so we, we need to seek God for his power. We need to seek God that he would work in us and through us and, and so forth. And, and the, the, the book that I'm reading from also mentions about the working of the Spirit of God. And it says, public ministry true to God's purposes requires devoted private prayer. We need the power of God to accomplish the, the, the work of God. And, and we can seek God. And it's amazing. Sometimes we may not have the words to say, but whenever we have God's power on us, 
God can speak through us in ways that we never could. He can say things just by our testimony and by our concern and, and what we do that, that we could never say. Um, there's been times when I've gone out and preached and, and the message had nothing to do with salvation other than I mention it, but it wasn't an evangelistic sermon. Yet people got saved. Why? Because that's the power of God and it's not of me. It's not of my craftiness. It's God working. And so we need the power of God. So if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to have an impact, one, we, we need to preach the gospel. Two, uh, we need the power of God. And three, um, we need to have a personal testimony because he says there again in 1 Thessalonians 1, um, 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you, for your sake, he said, for your sake, we kept a certain manner. Um, we had manners, if you would. And those manners was, was this. They had a good testimony uh, among the people for their sake. They didn't want to be a stumbling block to the hearers. And so they kept a good testimony. They, they, they had the right kind of testimony. And this idea of manner not only deals with manners, but a manner in which they are concerned for their hearer express concern for the the, the well-being of the, the the listeners and so they were concerned for them and like i said the statement's been made people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and that's something i've had to deal with here in the ministry that i'm at now where i work with some young people who are rebellious and i can tell them everything that's right and i can give them the word but if they don't see that I care, they're not going to listen. And yes, they need to be dealt with and there's a heart issue. I get that. But the simple fact is this, people need to know that we care. And because of that care and concern, I believe that's why Paul was able to have an impact in the city of Thessalonica. He preached the gospel. He had the power of God and his personal testimony was clean. He was a clean vessel before the Lord and before men. And so I challenge us that we would look at our ministries and ask ourselves, what kind of testimony do I have? How do I deal with people? How do I deal with the lost? How do I deal with the rebellious? How do I deal with the stubborn? How do I deal with the people who are doing right? Um, do I treat people equally? Do I show equal concern for all of those around me? And so thank you today for listening uh, to the Local Church Missions podcast. And I pray that you would learn from this as much as I have learned and implement these things in ministry so that we could reach people with the gospel and have a greater influence and impact on them. Thank you, and may Christ bless you today.